Trigger warning, the Resilience Project provides an open space for people to share their personal experiences. Some content in this podcast may include topics that you may find difficult. The listener's discretion is advised. Hello, friends. Welcome to Radical Resilience, a weekly show where I, Blair Kaplan Venables, have inspirational conversations with people who have survived life's most challenging times. We all have the ability to be resilient and bounce forward from a difficult experience. And these conversations prove just that. Get ready to dive into these life-changing moments while strengthening your resilience muscle and getting raw and real. Welcome back to another episode of Radical Resilience. It's me, Blair Kaplan Venables, and I'm here with my younger, almost better half, Alana. Hello, hello. Hi. I would argue that I am your better half. Are you? Maybe. You're, my, you're definitely my external hard drive. <laughs> I have your external hard drive. So it's it's interesting. So um, Alana and I have spent some time together recently. Uh, we went and spoke about the Global Resilience Project. Well, I went and spoke and she came to support me and got one photo um, at Camp Tailwind. <laughs> and it was awesome. We met some really amazing people. Um, it was at, at a summer camp in Ontario, but it was like a co- non-conference conference for women entrepreneurs. And um, I thought I was going to die the first night. Like, so we we're staying in cabins and I was not prepared for very cold weather and it got down to minus like three and I was pretty sure that's how I was going to die, but I didn't. So, and neither did the other hundred women, (laughs) but we all were very cold, Um, but it was absolutely amazing and inspirational. And anyways, Alana, I think Alana and I had like, we had a lot of fun and we started talking about what this podcast can look like and potential things that we can do with the global resilience project. Um, So I'm excited to see how those things start to unfold, but a while ago, actually, let me back up. Every so often, every so, I, okay, Alana wants to say something. I want to say something, but I didn't want to interrupt. I have to say, I only took one picture because Blair did such a fantastic job that I like forgot what my role was because I was so immersed in her workshop. Oh, really? That's so nice. Yeah. yeah. And say more nice things to me. Well, I just want to say the first night was very cold. And I actually think it brought all a hundred of us closer together. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> so that's nice. So it's okay because there was a professional photographer who got some photos. Um, and I definitely need to work on smiling a bit more when I talk, but I guess I don't really talk about the happiest of subjects. Um, so what I was going to say is every so often, Alana sends me podcasts where it's two sisters talking and Alana had this idea to like start a show or something called or do you know a series called griefy gals but the thing is like I already have a podcast and actually I have two dissecting success in this one so (laughs) I'm not starting a third one no I wanted this to be a segment okay so that's what's happening today you guys are witnessing the first installment the first segment of griefy gals the first official segment because I would argue that our other episodes could also be called Griefy Gals. Okay, so it's our first official segment, Griefy Gals. And um, we just passed the Jewish New Year, the high holidays. And when we were together at Camp Tailwind, we got to 
you know, do a really beautiful ceremony together called Tashlich, where you um, like throw bread in the water and each piece of bread represents your, your sins. And it was not just us, but other people who were interested in the ceremony of Tashlich joined us. And then the Jewish New Year started and Alana flew home from Ontario to Winnipeg and I flew to Warsaw, Poland. And, you know, Rosh Hashanah is one of the holidays that I always celebrate. Shane, my husband, loves making brisket. We usually have one or two friends over who want to experience it. We eat apples and honey. Alana goes the more traditional route. She like even goes to synagogue. I'm going to let her talk about that in a second. But um, what was really interesting is that um, I was sitting in like waiting for my plane to board and I managed to find honey and an apple and I cut it up and ate apples and honey. And that was pretty much like the extent of my New Year celebrations. But it really got me thinking. And, you know, I knew I was tired from travel and time zones and working and all that, but like, I felt extra like sad. And now that I'm talking it out, I think it's because it was the holidays. It was the holidays. So grief definitely shows up. I think with almost anyone grieving around certain holidays, maybe holidays that they carry a special memory with that person or they have, you know, special experiences. Um, but I can definitely tell you around Jewish holidays, grief is extra hard. What about you, Alana? Yeah, I would agree. So while Blair flew to Poland, I flew back to Winnipeg. And as you we were talking, I realized I did actually have apples and honey this year. Um, I was too late to the first one because I had a flight delay. And then I guess it just didn't happen on my dad's side of the family. Um, that's okay. Um, yeah, the Jewish holidays, I always have felt really connected to. Um, when I was living in Toronto, sometimes I would fly home for them if I could, more so in the more recent years as people were aging. And by people, I meant like my grandparents. I didn't really expect it, like my last one with my mom to be my last one with my mom or my last one with my dad to be the last one with my dad. Um, so I do find it to be really special in Toronto. I would go to these services um, held by, I guess it would be called like a congregation, um, but they used a space at the University of Toronto. And I felt really connected to that. Um, and then with COVID shifting to online services, park services. And so while I couldn't, well, I ended up working for Rosh Hashanah this year because I chose, I had those days approved off, but then I ended up taking them to go to Camp Tailwind, which I do not regret. Um, but I had Yom Kippur off, which is the day of atonement. And um, so it's the holiest day of the year. It's a day where you ask for forgiveness. First of all, I feel like the world needs to be asking me for forgiveness for this past year, if I'm being completely honest, the past two years. Um, but I had the opportunity to go to a service here and um, to, to Kul Nidre, which is the night before or Erev, as we say, Yom Kippur, it's the mark of the start of it. And I just find it the most beautiful service. I always have, my mom always loved it and she always talked about it. And so I think through osmosis and experience, I've become, I've come to love it. Um, so it's just another time of year where I'm 
yeah, I find that I'm missing my parents a lot and other extended family that have passed, but mostly my parents, mostly mom when it comes to this part. And then I also want to make a comment because this, and this is like coming from a place of gratitude, what I'm about to say, but I've noticed since my parents have died, I think because people are feeling so awful about the whole situation, um, I'm getting more invites than ever. It's like, I'm very popular all of a sudden, like everyone's keeping inviting, up with the Kaplan's keeping up with the Kaplan's everyone wants a piece of me. No, no, no. Um, but I'm invited to more, to more events. Maybe it's also because I'm back in Winnipeg now too, I that think, I'm I realizing it. Of everything really. I think so. And it's just, it's interesting. Like for breakfast, which is the meal you have at the end of Yom Kippur after the 25 hour fast, I had two invites. I'm like, when have I ever had two invites to break fast? I'm like, I'm pretty sure my mom never really celebrated. Except for a Perkins. <laughs> Except for Blair has a story. I'll let her tell it. Oh, see, for me, like Jewish holidays, like I have not been in Winnipeg for a while. And I like, you know, when I lived in Vancouver, I found congreg- a congregation. And But when living in Whistler, you know, it wasn't until like my last few years that I really found a community. And I feel like I'm one of the very few Jewish people in Kamloops. So if you're listening and you're Jewish, chava at me. But um, my, a lot of my memories of like our family, like are really funny ones. And so when the Jewish holidays come around, I'm just reminded of them. And then obviously, like, I really miss mom. And I mean, I don't really remember many Jewish holidays with dad. Like, he would just show up for dinner, whatever. But with mom, we always had the funniest experiences. So Yom Kippur, you're supposed to fast. Jewish days are sundown to sundown. So like Alana just said, there's Kol Nidre, which is the night, like, when the fast starts. And it's this beautiful service, which has a similar prayer to, like, (laughs) something we were singing for our father when he was dying which it's a really like there's it's a really beautiful like tradition and ceremony and service and then you fast the whole next day until after sundown and uh, I remember being a a kid and um, me my mom and Alana were at synagogue and we left with this other family I'm not going to call them out on the podcast but they decided that they were hungry our, our mom and their mom and took us all to Perkins which is like our favorite, I don't know, like fast food chain, not fast food. Like you sit down and order like, I don't know. It's like a Denny's. It's like Denny's anyways. And so, um, uh, and it's fall, right? So the weather's questionable in Winnipeg. And I remember, uh, you know, and you're dressed up for synagogue. Like we would dress fancy. Like that's what you did. You wore nice shoes and a nice outfit. You go to synagogue. And so we get to Perkins and we were in the parking lot and mom was making sure that she wasn't stepping in any puddles. She didn't want to ruin her shoes, but she just so happened to like walk full force into like this metal pole sticking out of a truck and she like split her head open and she wouldn't let us go to the hospital. Like, I think she just like put like napkins on it. We, Anyways, it just became this funny thing every year on Yom Kippur. We would joke about like, should we go to Perkins? <laughs> I remember (laughs) so it just it was just so funny and so for me like the like for me it's like I have all these really happy memories like you know as a little kid like we were 
membership of synagogue is not cheap and we only went on the high holidays and like our Zeta would our grandpa would work the door and like we would just sneak in like we didn't join and like our grandma always had two seats and my Zeta since he was always standing there was a seat so I feel like I spent a lot of my childhood running back and forth between the seats you know our grandma one grandma was always in the front row and one was like towards the back and like my mom like we just would sneak into synagogue <laughs> It's really funny to me to think of it that we would sneak in to synagogue. <laughs> so ridiculous. <laughs> Another thing, I have memories of of that synagogue too a lot. Like um, going in, and then Blair and her friends sitting on the side. Like on there was like this little couch, and they would just sit there, and I would want to sit there with her. And like they had something called junior congregation, which is where they essentially babysitting with like a Jewish flavor. Um, and you would like run in to hear the shofar, which is like the ram's horn that signifies the new year. Um, but coming back to the Perkins, Blair has a funny memory of it. And for me, I remember being, I want to, I'll say traumatized, um, because I saw, I remember seeing um, the blood and bawling my eyes out. Everyone was laughing except for me. Like, I think mom was even laughing. I'm such an empath. (laughs) <laughs> I was just like, bawling my yeah. eyes out. so like all these jewish holidays like when it comes to rosh hashanah passover like there's this element of like extreme sadness extreme sadness hanukkah not so much like i don't know but i i, I remember thinking of passover last year and this year is even going to be sadder because dad is gone but like our last passover with mom was like a zoom passover right yeah, our last Passover like, was a Zoom Passover. Our last Hanukkah was yeah, a Hanukkah. Zoom I have a Hanukkah. photo, like my last photo of Hanukkah. It's like us three lighting the menorah on, and it's like a screenshot of my iPhone of like FaceTime, which we couldn't figure out for the life oh of us. God, how to do yeah. Group yeah, there was like we tried like 20 times, and I'm really grateful that we like made it work because if I would have known that would have been mom's last Hanukkah, I would have been on a fucking plane. Yeah. And Just, so yeah. I think like, like it must get somewhat easier. I don't know. Like we're only a couple of years, we're only a year and a half into this. And it was compounded because it was only 360 days between the time our mom died and our dad died. So it's almost like just as we were coming out of it, we got hit in the face again. So I wonder if that has anything to do with the intensity. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Plus like all the other things, but you know, it's interesting because, you know, I, when I was flying back from Europe, um, I watched a lot of movies and something that else that really triggers me <laughs> is when there's like a mother daughter relationship and they're close. And I just like start to feel super sad and I watched four movies because my goal was to like try and stay awake on my like flight back to Canada. So I would like not be jet lagged. And like, I think it mostly worked. Like, it, like I feel pretty recovered, but like, if you know me, you'll know that I love sleeping on airplanes. Like I can't keep my eyes open. So I kept watching movies. And also I think it had to do with it was being the Jewish new year in that time. So that's so interesting. Like I just totally... Yeah. And, you know, it's interesting because when I, I didn't book my flights there, like my client booked me and um, I decided to stay a little later 
So I gave him a couple of options of flights to come home. And it just so happened I flew there on Rosh Hashanah and I flew home and landed on Yom Kippur. Mm-hmm. So, so basically Blair spent the days of awe, which is like the 10 days in between in Poland and Portugal. Yeah, in Warsaw, which like, yeah. <laughs> Portugal's cool. But yeah, I, I mean like the Jewish holidays in grief, right? Like I... <laughs> oh, what are you laughing at? I'm laughing because you're like Warsaw. Hmm. You know Portugal is cool. <laughs> just a gloss. Yeah, it just felt weird in Warsaw. Like, of I course mean, it did. It's Warsaw. I went to the ghetto boundaries and I took a picture, and then I wanted to go look at buildings, and then I decided, you know what? No, I don't. Because originally I was gonna go like stay longer in Poland and go to Auschwitz, and I was like, wait, I'm in such deep grief because both my parents died. Going to a death camp is probably not what I should do on this trip. So I went to the ba- boundary of the ghetto. That was like my country. That, like that, that was enough for that trip. I, I, my boundary was the boundary. Yeah. But I, yeah, I mean, Poland was just like a weird experience. Just, I just felt like I, I felt energy, right? Like I, I'm an empath, but so like, it was just, I had lots of feelings and I think it had to do with grief and like tiredness and traveling but I don't know, Lana, like, what did you, like, what did you find, like, for this Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur? Like, were there certain things that really triggered you or really triggered grief? Um, Yom Kippur, for sure. Like, Just was there like, specific things? Yeah. Um, yeah, everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, everything. Um, specifically, like, Kol Nidre, like, even just, like, going into the synagogue, like, um, felt kind of funny to go for a service in Winnipeg without mom um they do the vidui prayer uh the vidui prayer should we talk about the vidui prayer (laughs) I'm pretty sure we have and another griefy gal segment yeah Um, the vidui prayer so it, it was like a different it's a different approach on Yom Kippur but it's the prayer for safe passage and it was the prayer that the rabbi did um with me and my sister and my dad and then he woke up um <laughs> well we thought he we got called in and so like he wasn't responding to anyone so we did this beautiful prayer the video prayer and like he wouldn't wake up and it was like such a beautiful moment and the doctor came in and offered him drugs <laughs> and he woke up he opened his eyes um mm-hmm. but like also when dad was like going like and his roommate gary was not feeling well like Gary was barfing, he caught like a bug. Like, so our dad's roommate was like barfing and like making all these noises. And like, uh, dad was like on his way out. Like it was a few days before he died. And like, Aladdin and I just kept listening to the Vidui, like Yom Kippur service really, really loud, trying to drown out Gary and the Hono Popo No No. How do you even say that? Pono Pono. And but like it just now forevermore when I think of Yom Kippur and Kol Nidre and the Vidui prayer, how could I not think of like Gary's like aggressive barfing and us yeah. holding your holding hands and hold like holding dad's hand and like basically talking to him going, it's okay to let go, dad. And like we're like watching YouTube videos of like people pounding their chest and it was just chaos. It was chaos. But now like, maybe that's just my way to cope, but like there was, there was hilarity in that. So now for me, Yom Kippur, like fasting is to me, like, it's always going to be mom, but Kol Nidre is now 
for whatever reason, I've connected it back to dad. Mm -hmm. And I think another thing is like, we're talking about the Jewish holidays and today is Canadian Thanksgiving, which has a lot of connotations behind it. Um, with, I mean, the fact that we're on Indigenous land and what Thanksgiving means. That being said, it's another day where people are posting pictures of like family dinners and they're grateful for family and they have all these family photo shoots. And so that's bringing up some grief as well. Um, I mean, grief is going to come up any, basically it comes up all the time Um, But today, especially, I'm feeling it because of all the social media posts. It's just another time. I mean, we know social media is not true. It's like they're saying, I'm thankful for family. And in the background, they're screaming and yelling. And I guess that's the whole part of it. But um, (laughs) (laughs) sorry, not everyone's like us. We're not all. (laughs) (laughs) That was just my stream of consciousness trying to be okay. Um, It's okay to not be okay. Yeah, totally and but yes everyone on social media is posting these pictures of like family dinners or they're like photo shoot with their babies and their pumpkins and like it's great like I think it's really cute but like is it accurate who it knows that's not for up, us it brings okay. up like for me like with the miscarriage and like the decision to not have mm-hmm. kids like when I see a lot of people doing their like baby photo shoots or family photo shoots for me, it's not the, the photos with their parents. It's the photos with their like babies that is a bit triggering for me. And it's not like a FOMO um, upset that I don't have kids, but it just reminds me about all of that pain I went through with the miscarriage and like knowing that that is a life I mourned, like the, like the, the pumpkin photo with the kid in the pumpkin. And like, mm-hmm. I mean, I can just tell you that one holiday I'm really looking forward to all the family photos for is Halloween. So please share all of your family Halloween photos with me. That will not make me griefy. That will make me really happy. I love a good family costume. Alana's raising her hand. You can't see this. What What's up? Especially if your kid is in one of those costumes that's a onesie, like a dinosaur or like a lion. I'm a particular fan of those. Okay. So Alana wants to see these photos too. <laughs> yes. But, um, I mean, so yeah, holidays are hard. And I think as we get practice, because we only have certain holidays, you know, every year, um, we'll, we'll learn to navigate it more. The grief never really goes away. We just learn to layer life around it. But if you're listening to this, uh, you know, and you have friends who've recently lost a parent, or not even recently lost a parent, check in on them, especially on holidays, Jewish holidays, your religion's holidays, whatever holidays they celebrate. I mean, like if they don't celebrate, if they're not Jewish and they don't celebrate Rosh Hashanah, no need to check in with them on Rosh Hashanah, but you could. (laughs) It never hurts to check in with someone any day. Um, You know, and I think that's actually just like another point is that like when someone, like when we lost our parents, like people were there for us and people are still here for us, but it's not, not as much. I'm, I'm really grateful because I'm, you know, I've, I'm near Shane's family. So we have that extra support we have like a really solid support network in Winnipeg of aunts and uncles, but you still need to check in on us because we're sad. We're sad. Do you have anything you want to wrap up this conversation with Alana? No, I think we've, 
we've we've chatted through this griefy gal segment um is it everything and, that you wanted is it everything you you visualized <laughs> yeah this is exactly what i visualized that we would chat about grief as it comes up and it's a holiday season and we're chatting <laughs> so okay, great it's griefy gals so um thank you to everyone who tuned in to another episode of radical resilience to the first official segment of griefy gals glad <laughs> <laughs> i came up with that name by the way so i like it if you it's don't great. like it keep it to yourself yeah. So if you, if you don't <laughs> like it, you can't tell Alana, but yeah, I, I mean, just remember it's okay to not be okay. The holidays can be hard for various reasons. Our, our big reason right now is grief. Um, but you're not alone and we want to be there for you. We do this every week. Tune in next week for another episode of radical resilience. Thanks. That's a wrap for another episode of Radical Resilience. Do you feel inspired by this episode? You can subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast player and connect with us to join the conversation at IamResilient.info. Remember, it's okay to not be okay. And you, my friend, are resilient. Radical Resilience is a podcast created by The Resilience Project.